a partridge in a pear tree. Welcome to the 12 Days of Christmas. I'm going to be releasing an episode every single day for the next 12 days to celebrate Christmas. And now let's hear, just out of curiosity, let's hear what a partridge sounds like. Here we go. Oh, yeah. That is Christmas written all over it. Let's hear that again. That is a sexy sound. Let's hear. This is a partridge. Oh, my goodness. You know, it just puts you right in the spirit. What a sexy sound to hear from an amazing looking bird. I don't know if you guys have seen what a partridge looks like. Very athletic okay let's just say they might be in the peach tree but they're not eating them okay i don't actually know what it is i did a little research because i'm curious we sing this song every year what the heck is it and apparently the all i've been able to figure out is the partridge represents jesus because the partridge is willing to kill itself to protect its children and i don't know how a bird kills its well maybe it just jumps off the tree but it's willing to die for its children, much like, much like Jesus. Um, but the frustrating part is nobody explains the pear tree. I've looked it up. No one has an explanation for the pear tree. But who cares? Let's hear that sound one more time. This is a partridge. I love Christmas. It's my favorite holiday. It's the only one that you're allowed to actually be excited about as an adult without um, people getting concerned. People, You know the guy who's a little too much into Halloween? And you're like, uh, sir, do you really, are you that passionate about covering your lawn with skeletons and fake limbs? Or do you just hate your family that much that you'll take any holiday as a chance to just get out of the house and get away from them? But either way, I respect the move. We don't have to worry about that. It's Christmas. And you know what? It's locked in Christmas. So let's celebrate by being locked in. Let's start out right out the gate. Let's start off with a fun Christmas fact. I just looked this up. And this is really, um, let's see, this is really fun. Okay, so fun Christmas fact. Uh, Rudolph's red nose. Many of you might have thought it was a light. You might think it's a laser. Um, You might have thought it was even a gift from Santa to help guide the sleigh. It turns out that Rudolph's red nose is probably the result of a parasitic infection of his respiratory system. Ain't nobody got time for that. Wow. <laughs> wow. Who said this? Some guy, Roger Roger Highfield, very English, sounds very English, in the book The Physics of Christmas, From the Aerodynamics of Reindeer to the Thermodynamics of Turkey. What the f- Is the all right? This guy, you know the people that they just have to take the fun. They have to keep it too real. This guy's keeping it too real. He's he wrote a book about the aerodynamics of reindeer. They look pretty aerodynamic, but I'm worried about that nose. Wow, Rudolph's relationship with his parasitic parasite is symbiotic. After all, the red nose illuminates the path through the winter. Okay, so it's kind of a happy story. So, all right, 
that's the, the fun fact. We learned that Rudolph has a severe infection in his nose, causes it to glow. So he's actually sick. He's actually sick, but his sickness is paying off. So congrats. That would be, I don't know if that's true though, because I, I, you know, I've never seen a human with a glowing nose. I'm sure I've been around some people with respiratory infections. I've never seen anyone with a glowing anything. I don't even know if that's possible. But you should go, if any part of your body is glowing, I would consult a doctor. Or strap yourself to a sled. Start being useful. Yeah, do that. If part of your body starts glowing, why don't you go help some people? Walk at night. Help some airplanes land. Make yourself useful like Rudolph did. That's a real hero story. This guy's got a this guy's got an infection. And he said, I'm not gonna be down about my weird nose. I'm gonna find a sleigh. So that this guy can write a book that should have never been written. But there you go. That's a fun Christmas fact. Here's actually another, you know what's such an interesting one? Is I lived in uh uh Holland for two years when I was a kid. We went over there with my dad's work, lived there for grade four, grade five, and uh they in Holland, they have a slightly different way of celebrating Christmas, which is so interesting because you know here how we celebrate Christmas by putting um, stockings by the fireplace. In Holland, they put on blackface. Isn't that interesting? So here, we might have a cup of eggnog, or you might even unwrap a gift on uh, Christmas Eve. And in Holland, they paint their face black. Isn't that kind of interesting? Just shows you how how different the world really is. <laughs> so what they have is in Holland they have Sinterklaas, which is the synonymous with Santa Claus. But our Santa Claus rides on a sled. They uh, the one in Holland he actually comes over on a steamboat from Spain. And I don't that seems like the word. I don't know why that was the boat that got chosen. That's the that sounds like the longest trip of all time. But anyway, he comes over on a steamboat and uh, he has these little he helpers called Swartipedes. And apparently they're like tricksters and they drop that what they would do is when we lived over there, I'm not even I'm not even kidding you. They they dress up and the people would put full blackface on, including the lips, including the red lips. And they would run around the community and everyone would laugh and everyone would would, you know, cheer and they would drop off like little pieces of bread at your house. And I'm not even kidding you. What I'm saying is that in Holland, they ran around in blackface and drop off bread. And that's the tradition. And you can Google it. I don't know how that hasn't been canceled at this point. Or maybe this is the last Christmas they're going to be able to do it. But you can, I'm not even You can Google. They're called Swartipedes. And they're little Santa Claus's helpers. And it's just people getting canceled, I guess now. And that's a true story. I, and it's funny because that's one of those things that I didn't even think about when I was a kid. Uh, you just think you're in a new country. It's a different tradition or whatever. And then uh, <laughs> and then I thought about that like last year as an adult. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that might not be. You might not want to have being a Swartipede on your resume. Unless you're applying to be a Swartipede, right? Well, I, wonder, I wonder how you apply to be a mall Santa. Now that's another one that makes me a little uncomfortable too. But I'm a creep. 
because who, what kind of a, uh, is that going to be allowed much longer? Just some grown men who volunteer, or even if they're getting paid, but they sign up to go sit in a mall and have kids come over and hang out. But I'm a I mean, I guess this year you can't even do it anyway because of six feet. I guess this year you just go up and yell at them. That's maybe one I think we should keep. I think even when this is all solved, let's keep kids six feet away from the mystery dude who's now Santa. I'm not letting my kids sit on some random stranger's lap. Oh, because, oh, we can trust him. We can trust him because he has the, he's got a fake beard. He's got a red jacket. That's okay. Let's let our kids sit on his lap. I don't know what's in his lap. I don't trust these guys. It's the same way like I did the babysitting course when I was 13 so I could learn how to babysit. You know how many times I babysat? Zero. Because no one trusts a boy to come babysit their kids. And you know what? That's fine with me. That's fine with me because I didn't want to babysit. It sounded like a nightmare. Even the course was a nightmare. We had to learn how to resuscitate a baby. Think about how funny that is. They teach, what was I, 13? And they're teaching a 13-year-old how to resuscitate a baby? As if, yeah, that's going to happen. And I'm going to have the maturity at 13 to see a dying baby and go, oh, I'll just do my training. Let's do my training. I'm 13. I'm basically just a larger child. I never babysat once. I got babysat. I got babysat and I didn't like it. Even from a young age, I was like, just leave me here. I'm fine. I don't need someone to come over. I don't need Megan to come over, sit on the couch with her bad attitude, right? (laughs) I don't remember. I don't remember any of my babysitters. But yeah, 13 is way too young. And they're not going to... I wouldn't let a guy... I don't know. Even when I have a kid, I'm not letting a a boy babysit. It's just too much... And also, guys don't have any maternal instincts. Even young girls know how to hold a baby. I'm a grown man. I don't know how to hold a baby. It's not instinctual to me. And for some reason, people, when they have babies, they need you to hold it. And I've never understood that. I wouldn't even let someone grab my iPhone. And people... Like if you work in an office, people have a baby, they bring it into the office and they go, hold it, hold it, hold it. I'm like, is this, I'm sorry, is this a hockey stick or a baby? Why are you passing this around? And the more hesitant you are to hold it, they're like, you should, no, just hold it. I'm hesitant. You want me to grab this, right? And then they squirm. I get nothing out of it. Okay, moving on. Let's do a new segment. Existing segment, Best and Worst. Welcome to Best and Worst. So many things are the best. And so many things are the worst. So let's thank the world. For the beat. Best and Worst. Best and Worst. Christmas Foods. Let's do Worst first. Let's start off with the Worst. This is in ascending orders number one is the worst let's start off with number three third worst christmas food fruitcake get that shit out of here fruitcake get that shit out of here that's disgusting what is it what is it the main part is like a worse version of banana bread 
It's like a sour banana bread. And then someone put someone like microwaved marbles and shoved it in there. Has anyone, does anyone actually like fruitcake? I don't want to be a hater, but does does anyone actually like that? Oh my God. I almost gagged just thinking about it. It's dry. It's either, you know what it is? (laughs) It's either dry or it's way too wet. Fruitcake. I don't think it's for anyone. Not for me. Number two, eggnog and rum. Eggnog and rum. I've never understood it. I've never understood. I've tried it. I don't even mind eggnog. I don't mind a little spiced rum. But it's eggnog is like thicker than milk. I've never had rum and thought, I want to cover this in thick milk from an egg. I do not want to have milk when I'm drinking. Just bloated. Oh my God, I sound like a... <laughs> I sound like a girl. I get bloated. I don't want people to come over. I'm bloated. Eggnog and rum is the... It's never been for me. I do like to have a little drink on Christmas. And I've tried it. I've tried to give it... Maybe I'm just doing it wrong. Right? It's the same thing when when people want to do jello shots. It seems fun. I get it. It's fun because it's jello. But then you're just like full of jello and vodka. And then you puke, and it actually smells better than the original Jello. It actually smells not bad. And everyone pukes. Nobody in the history of doing Jello shots has not puked at some point later that night or the next morning. And you know what? Still Jello in your body. Still Jello. That is such a weird one. I always think you want to keep it. You don't want to add a bunch of stuff and get as full as possible. It's like when people get the, um, I remember we were on vacation and people would get, go to the bar and get these like funky monkeys or whatever, which was basically like a chocolate milkshake with one shot somewhere mixed in. And that's fun for like one drink. I saw one guy drink six of those and I'm like, oh dude, you're going to I don't know what happens when you drink six funky monkeys. I mean, think about just drinking six milkshakes. I think it literally goes right in your pancreas and that thing just fills up. I don't know where that stuff goes. That's disgusting. So eggnog and rum, that's number two. Number two worst Christmas food. Highly subjective here. Number one, uh, turkey. Turkey, overrated, disgusting. It's not all right. Let me rephrase that. Not disgusting. It's just not great. Turkey is not great. The dark meat, okay. Again, it's moist, just like the cake. But the white meat, especially dry, dry. And that's why we got a hero that fixes it. That's going to come up in the best in here in a minute. But turkey on its own, very tough. And some people can actually do turkey as leftovers. And I admire those people because I'm like, I always, I already feel like it's dry the day of. And some people are eating that shit. You ever see someone in like <laughs> January 20th and they're still having a turkey sandwich? Like that's, that's my turkey from, from Christmas. And I'm like, oh my God, dude, you're having leftovers like three weeks later. Good for you. I've never been able to do that. I can do one day leftover and that's it. So that's the three, man. Turkey's the worst. Second, eggnog and rum. Three, fruitcake. I think I'm going to take some heat for that eggnog and rum. And I'm willing to hear it. I don't, and I would love to hear someone defend fruitcake. I would love to hear it. 
Now let's do best. Number three, best Christmas foods. Christmas? Christmas? Best Christmas foods. Number three, candy canes. Come on. Now hear me out. Candy canes, not for taste. We're talking aesthetics. They look fun. They're a little cane. They're fun. They're convenient. You can hang them on things. Now, here's my one grievance with candy canes. I'm hoping they fix the technology. Very hard to unwrap. Very difficult to unwrap. Sometimes you got to get an X-Acto knife and cut that little tip at the end. What we need on the candy canes, and if anyone here is part of a candy cane family, you work at a candy cane company, if you could relay this message up to management, you need a little bubble on the end, right? Just like a condom. We need a little candy cane condom bubble right on the end so we can cut that, open the cane. But other than that, once you get that candy cane open, amazing. Amazing in the sense of one, there's so many flavors. You can get a root beer candy cane. Come on. You ever had a root beer candy cane? You're like, oh, I'm not even thirsty anymore. I just had a root beer candy cane. Fun. And then someone hands you the butterscotch one. Gross. Throw up. But then you go back to a strawberry one and blueberry will change your whole day. And blueberry, I've seen people do crime. I've seen people steal to get the blueberry candy cane. Whoever came out with that, whoever is the blueberry sales dude, he's killing it. Because that is hands down, that is a Gucci candy cane. You go over to someone's house and they got the blueberry ones, you go, this is going to be a good Christmas experience. You go over, they got the butterscotch, get out of that house. Get the fuck out of there. But the blueberry and the strawberry... Yum, 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 yum. All day. And here's the best part about candy cane. You turn it into a weapon. Oh my God. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about right away when I say that. You turn that candy cane into a weapon. All you got to do. And it's all about how... This is going to sound weird how I say this, but it's all about how you suck it. It's all about how you suck the cane. Because if you do it right... You can form a little tip right at the end and you can make that shit sharp. You can, and I'm talking legit sharp. I, I, one time I worked on this candy cane tip for upwards of six minutes and that's, that's Christmas minutes. That's like 20 regular minutes, six Christmas minutes. I worked on just getting this thing as sharp as possible. And I poked myself just to see blood. And I'm not even kidding. I had a, I made myself bleed from candy cane. You get that thing nice and sharp. You turn it into a little Christmas spear. And you're ready to stay. I honestly think it would, I mean, it's going to break. You kind of get, well, you're like a, you're like a, like a wasp. You can sting once and it's going to break off. But just the humiliation for how much that hurts someone. And also the fact they know it's covered in your saliva, especially in these COVID times. If you go out at night, you bring a sharp candy cane with you. You'll be just fine. No one's messing with you. Number two, stuffing. Delicious. Highly variable, highly variable. Every family has a completely different stuffing. It's one of those things. Stuffing is like the toes of Christmas food. Because you know how like everyone, our hands are pretty similar. You know, ears are pretty similar. And you see everyone's feet are so completely different. That's one of the weirdest things there, isn't it? Some people's feet look like an absolute disaster. 
Some people don't even are missing a toe. My sister is missing a toenail on her small toe. She does. I swear to God, she does not have a toenail. She's told me, and legally she does have a toenail. Legally she does, because when I ask about it and I see it, she'll point to this thin little. I mean, it's a millimeter wide thing. And she goes, "That's my nail." I go, "Yeah, technically." If we're just checking the box on toenails, technically that's a the technically you got it. But from an aesthetic standpoint, there's no nail. But she's in my own family. Where did that what happened? Is our nails a recessive gene? So that's what I'm saying. Everyone's feet are so drastically different, and that's how I feel like stuffing is. It's never the same. Turkey is the same no matter where you go. The cranberries are pretty much the same, but you go to any family, everyone's got a little bit of a different stuffing recipe. And we tried to do a gluten-free stuffing, and it made me almost have to leave my family. We did a gluten-free stuffing a few years ago because my sister has celiac. But my mom made only the gluten-free. And I don't, I again, I don't even know what gluten is, but I know it's necessary. And it needs to be in there. Because I bit into this gluten-free, dude, it was like dust. It, it felt like somebody took... Um, Went to Home Depot with a shovel, and they went in the back. They said, "Hey, where's all the? Where's your sawdust?" And then they took the sawdust and they sprinkled some bacon powder on it, added a little water, and then they cooked it up. And they said that's gluten free. That's what it tasted like. So, stuffing highly variable. But if you get the right stuffing, oh my god, oh, whoa, that's a full rainbow. Listen to that sound I made. That's how you know it's real. Number one, best Christmas. Food, mashed potatoes plus gravy. This is a twofer. Mashed potatoes plus gravy. I could eat that shit. I actually think that I could psychologically eat mashed potatoes and gravy every meal for a whole year. It's just got everything. It's got the salt that you need and you like. It's got the texture. It's got the warmth of the gravy. It's like giving you a hug from your grandparents. It's a double rainbow all the way. The gravy, I've had days where I felt not good. And then you taste a little gravy and you go, that's right, the world is okay, I'm getting a hug. This is giving me a warm hug. Thank you, gravy. You know what? Maybe not even the mashed potato. Maybe it's just gravy is the best. Because gravy is the only reason we can even eat the turkey. So that's the hero of Christmas. And this is the first day of Christmas. And you know what? I'm going to dedicate it to gravy. So thank you, gravy. Thank you, gravy, for making Christmas possible because without you the potatoes wouldn't be the same the turkey would be unedible and there would be nothing to pour the rest of the i don't know where i'm going with that but anyway thank you to gravy shout out this is the first day of christmas join me tomorrow for a whole new episode as we do the second day of christmas merry christmas and give yourself a hug. See you tomorrow.